Hey Goblins, Brandon here. Uh, if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us create more and maybe even take the podcast to weekly, then the best way right now that you can support us is to head over to patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. You can find all the different stuff we do there, one-page dungeons, uh, bonus audio for things, all kinds of stuff. So head on over there, uh, and even if it's just a dollar or you know however much you're comfortable doing, or if you can't put anything toward the Patreon, just tell a friend about it. Tell somebody about the podcast. That's another great way to support us. So, uh, patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers, uh, and we'll see y'all soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Goblins and Growlers podcast. I'm Josh Maltby, at Black Cloak DM on Discord, and anywhere else you can find me. Uh, I'm Brandon Dingus, uh, at Way of Brandalore on several places. That if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you probably already know. <laughs> but not not really on X much anymore. I logged into my X account today and uh, to look up some stuff. And I noticed I had a message from like July that I really oh, kind of needed. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, I took off push notifications on my phone and stuff for it. So I haven't mm-hmm. been following it all that much lately. Fair. Uh, so, fair. Yeah. It's also kind of a, a rough platform at this point. Yeah. my A friend of mine uh, lamented that he had been looking forward to threads, but he finally uh, started getting uh, met, like his feed on threads started getting political stuff. And he's like, oh, God, I hope the algorithm hasn't pinned me as somebody who wants to see this kind of stuff. I really just want to <laughs> know. I really just want to know about retro JRPGs. That's the only reason I'm here. I am thinking that uh, next time somebody around me is like, hey, who's looking for a blue sky invite? I'm going to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about blue sky. It's based on posts I've seen from it. It looks like everybody who was super cool on Twitter, who was like, ah, screw this. Elon Musk is a turd has migrated to blue sky. Uh huh. Well, I mean, that's that means the counter has started for blue sky becoming uh, a cesspool. <laughs> um you know if you want to tell us your favorite and least favorite social media platform you can uh hop on the discord at bit.ly slash goblin discord and let us know about that and also i continue to solicit responses for how would a ghost rider centaur work um we really really want to dig into that we've not had nearly enough submissions to feel like we can have a proper discourse on this yet Mm-hmm. I want a really solid Venn diagram for how a Ghost Rider Centaur would work. <laughs> um, what are we What are we talking about, Josh? It's It's worth noting that because of scheduling and such, we are recording this on the Saturday night before it comes out. So that's that's the kind of planning ahead that you get from professional podcasters like us at Goblins and Growlers. But our lives are made easy for us when our subject is. Indie itch games. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to just get on itch and start looking at what's new and or popular and see what the variety is. I've, I've noticed, you know, some trends lately in terms of like what's, what's derivative off of what, like what seems to be the thing that the community is using as a foundational stone to build off some other stuff. Um, and it's, 
it's neat to see like how it evolves, uh, you know, from from one flavor of the month to the next. Like this time last year, people were like really talking about like Caltrop Core and things like that, and we were we were really talking about Push and the Push Game Jam that was going on. And there's just there's just a lot of different stuff out there now, and it's kind of interesting. It almost seems like there's like more and more deconstruction of what is an, a role playing game going on in the 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 itch space of indie at at the very least and obviously for, but for well not obviously but for people not aware we're talking about itch.io which traditionally if you mention that to somebody they're going to think more along the lines of it being a video game site but it actually has a quite a robust um tabletop rpg section on it uh and we've you know pulled we've we've reviewed some stuff from there before um we tried uh last year to have like a really regular segment about it and we just kind of fell out of the habit but we're trying to get back to it because it's like really cool stuff that uh we just want to surface and get in front of people i think part of the problem we ran into was that when you're trying to do a really regular segment you need a nearly bottomless well of content Mm -hmm. and itch has a ludicrous ludicrous number of ttrpgs but it does not have a ludicrous ludicrous number of ttrpgs that brandon and i want to talk about Mm -hmm. so i think that's part of why we started doing these showcases instead was that we'd let we'd like find a couple things here and there we'd mark down a note to be like oh we should come back and talk about that and then we would uh we'd do something like this which is Mm -hmm. more i think in the vein of realistic for us making sure we've got plenty to talk about Right. So we're, uh, so this week we're just going to do some quick hits and go through some, uh, go through some games that we found and just chat, chat about them a little bit and, you know, maybe encourage you to check them out. I'll, whenever I do these, I always try to find ones that are, um, either like free or name your own price or, or at the very least, like very, very low cost. I don't know if I did that for either of these this month. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no you're you're only you're you're only talking about games for the 99% Josh or for uh, the 1% rather yeah that's me uh you know what okay one of one of my games is name your own price so we're good we're good we're good. okay <laughs> okay you're you're a man of the people a man of the people and the other's 10 bucks so that's doable so uh, why don't why don't you start us off, Brandon? One of your one of your three. Okay. Uh, one that I found, and for those of you watching this on video, I'm going to do a screen share of it. Um, but one that I found that I thought was really interesting was um, God's Veorda, and it's from Natal, N E T A L. And the interesting thing about the thing that caught my eye about it is, as you scroll down the page, you see uh, a map that clearly looks like it's been drawn on. Uh, as as kind of a world is developed or something, and you know what it, what does that say to most people? That says that this has the DNA of you know a quiet year, and I you know I'm and I'm sure that I'm sure that quiet year inherited some of that from other games, but that's just sort of what is considered the 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 grandparent of all these right now. But I was like, oh okay, so what um what differentiates? Uh, this from Quiet Year, and it's kind of interesting because it's it's almost like a game of Populous mixed with Quiet Year. I don't know if you're too young to remember Populous, Josh. No, I'm I'm familiar with Populous. In okay. fact, uh, one of my favorite games growing up 
was the version of populist that was almost like Age of Empires, where you're building mm -hmm. a whole nation with your warriors, etc., and trying to take out other tribes. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I used to play a lot of populist on Super Nintendo mm -hmm. back in the day. So, uh, and for anybody who's not played it, it's basically a game where you're God and you control the land, you can flood it, you know, you can do all, you can create all kinds of events and everything. Um, and, you know, you might be thinking like, well, I mean, like, that's basically quiet year already. Uh, but, uh, you know, yes and no is the answer to that. Because in quiet year, there's at least the conceit that you are uh, representing the community when you're talking and trying to determine what to do with it in this you're just straight up gods um you're straight up gods and i'm not going to show too awful much just because i don't want to give away everything for them but um if you look at it you've got uh, each player chooses what kind of god they want to be peace nature people creation destruction chaos it requires um a d20 and you go through uh making decisions about what you want to do and you let you know, which God you are help influence what your decision and plan is in that, in that situation. And it's, uh, it, it does have a GM, so it's a little bit different than quiet year as well. So it's, it's taking another spin on it, at least from the perspective of like how you should come at it as a role player. Um, because you don't necessarily have to make decisions in the best interest of the community you're trying to make decisions in the best interest of yourself trying to push your agenda as a particular god and uh you know you also need uh, like a dry erase board digital drawing program that kind of thing but if you go to the um itch page for it and we'll put a link in uh you can see some of the interesting stuff like there's like a picture of like a giant cat <laughs> of some sort on on one of these maps and I think about some of the crazier games of Quiet Year that I've been a part of. Uh, I, I like the idea of turning it a little bit and making you, I was about to say malevolent, but it's not necessarily, you're, you're, you're a god with an agenda that doesn't necessarily have to align with anybody else and you can do whatever the heck you want. Uh, but I always like drawing games. I like, I like games that force the players to procedurally generate what's going on and everybody have to respond to it. It doesn't, I mean, it, it takes so much of the weight off of, you know, a GM or somebody who has to organize or everything like that to just say, hey, let's all get together and play this without somebody staying up till two in the morning, having to be like, oh, my God, I got to get the adventure ready. I got to get this adventure ready, which you and I and many other people know all too well. I also really appreciate that for their demo picture, they mm -hmm. show what appears to be people with little to no professional art skills. Mm -hmm. Having drawn like the trees that look basically like giant broccoli, mm -hmm. the like the little houses that are basically mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no. It's not like intricate in defined detail. It's a lot of really loose structures of detail. Yeah, to show you that like you don't need to be a professional artist to play this game. It's which very I much. It's very much warts and all on that, which is uh, my favorite way of handling any kind of map in uh, a tabletop game. But uh, so that's Gods of Aorta. Um, I encourage everybody to check it out. It looks like it's I think it's like relatively brand new on itch. It has no comments on it or anything like that. But there's a map template. Um, the PDF is only like the rules PDF is only like four pages, I think. 
yeah, it's only four pages. So you're not having to, you're not making a huge investment on the rules. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of like quiet year where you just have to flip through a couple of basic rules. It actually, from what I understand reading it, it has fewer rules and procedures than quiet year. So it actually may be easier to get started than, than with quiet year. My first thing, I'm going to talk about something from July of this year. Uh, Cracker Barrel has fallen. Mm-hmm. This was, there was a, there was a post on Twitter when Pride Month was happening where Cracker Barrel had created a rainbow themed rocking chair to sell. Mm-hmm. And the Texas Family Project was very upset about this. So they posted, uh, it's finally happened. I, I regret to inform you that Cracker Barrel has fallen. <laughs> oops, oops, all Smurf, the producer mm-hmm. for Cracker Barrel has fallen, the creator and writer, uh, was like, I bet I could make a game out of that. <laughs> and then immediately uh, set it up so that all the money from the TTRPG made in June 23 will be donated to Trans Lifeline in July 23. Mm-hmm. So immediately was like, not only am I going to make a game out of this, but I'm going to use it to raise money for trans folks. Yeah. Let's go. I love it. Yeah. I'm so about it. And just just to get uncharacteristically political about all this, uh, it, it, I think it's really telling about the insecurity of some people that... <laughs> that a painted rocking chair causes them to just lose their shit. Um, I can think of nothing more pitiable than that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, the concept of the game is, uh, I'll just read the opening paragraph and then I'll explain a little bit. Mm-hmm. I take no pleasure in reporting that the Cracker Barrel has fallen. You hear from your general manager over the old hand crank radio. You knew this was coming. First, it was Zaxby's, then Bojangles, and now Cracker Barrel. This zombie horde will stop at nothing. The National Guard can evacuate you, but they can't get there for six more hours. Hold down the fort until then. Don't let anyone leave, and I'll see you under the yellow sign. The radio goes silent. You all the employees and patrons of your town's Waffle House are the last line of defense before this zombie horde fully takes over your town. (laughs) I think that's the one thing that makes it hard to explain this game to people is it's called Cracker Barrel has fallen. And then you have to be like, no, well, you see, the conceit is that the Cracker Barrel has fallen. So you're actually playing as people who work at a Waffle House. And then you have to explain the, like the Waffle House scale (laughs) to people. Well, the, the beauty of this game, in my opinion, is that it's a two-page TTRPG mm-hmm. with, uh, th- it's, what is it, two stats and six, like, D6 tables that you can roll on for things like, what is your background? Uh, what is your role at the Waffle House? What mm-hmm. it, like, those sorts of things. So it's very, very easy to pick up. It's very, very easy to play. It's pretty, it's pretty rules light. So it's one of those where you're going to be leaned on a lot if you're the GM to be making sure that, you know, things are staying fun for everybody. But mm-hmm. I will tell you, I ran this at QCAC for the first time. I'd played it before a couple of times, uh, but running it at QCAC the first time, 
I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like as far as improvisation is concerned. I didn't really need to improvise that much. My players spent a lot of time being like, oh my God, wait, does this building have a generator? What happens if we lose power? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love the way you all think. I don't know what does happen if this place loses power. And uh, one of them was like, no, listen, I need you to understand something. For disaster preparedness, there are three businesses ranked in like top in the country for disaster preparedness. One is Waffle House. The second is Home Depot. And so like it, it was a great adventure. It was a huge amount of fun. It was very easy for everyone to pick up and run. We had somebody join the table 20 minutes after we started, have a character ready to play in another 10 that we introduced five later. Like that's fantastic. It, I, I don't know how better to recommend this game. It's so easy to pick up and just play. Uh, probably the most fun about it, in my opinion, is the Waffle House Index is part of it, which is okay. a <laughs> it is a map for how much disaster has occurred in an area based on how the Waffle Houses are operating. Uh, because the, uh, what is it? Oh, I don't remember what the group is. There's a national disaster relief group. FEMA? FEMA, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so FEMA will come into an area and the first thing they'll look at is how the Waffle House in the area is operating. Because if a Waffle House is operating full scale, then they know that whatever damages have occurred have been relatively minor within the vicinity of the Waffle House. If the mm -hmm. Waffle House is running a limited menu or limited hours, then something really bad has happened here. And if the Waffle <laughs> House is closed, then we're at like red alert, like the whole place needs like the most support right now. Because if Waffle House closes, then something's really, really wrong. Mm -hmm. And the premise of the game is you just have to hold out until your rescue and make sure the Waffle House doesn't close. Correct. Because if the Waffle House closes, then, you know, that's yeah. that's a disaster at that point. My only disappointment about that game when I first heard about it is I fully expected it to be one of those Honey High style, like uh, rules light RPGs. So I was irritated that within the first several sentences, there wasn't something that's like, you have two stats, waffle and house. <laughs> I mean, it's not so different. You have two stats, survival and wit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I just like, you know, like Honey Heist, you have bear and criminal. And uh, I, I wanted something a little bit sillier for that. As le at least that's what I was expecting. I'm sure, I'm sure it's perfectly fine the way it is. But when I see those like tongue very firmly shoved in cheek games like that, I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to be sold on how silly it is. You want, you want the silliness to be beyond the pale. Correct. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one I've got. Uh, is uh, thanks to the glories of public domain. Um, it's called Adventures in Hundred Acre Wood, and it is uh, by Samwise Vimes, and it's very much in sort of like beta or alpha development right now. It's in early access. Um, I bought it for a dollar to check it out because um, I was sort of seduced by this delightful looking map of the Hundred Acre Woods. And uh, it 
it, I mean, it's just a really nice little pencil sketch. And it's like drawn by me and Mr. Shepard helped with like misspellings and stuff on it. <laughs> um, but we talked about this at some point last year with, uh, or maybe it was even early this year. Time sort of has no meaning right now. But with the non-Disney Winnie the Pooh, the original A.A. Milne Winnie the Pooh going, uh-huh. into pub- going into public domain, we're starting to see a lot of stuff like the, um, you know, the, the Winnie the Pooh horror film uh that i i still have like i haven't checked in on in a while i can't remember if that actually released or not but we there was a little bit more of a comprehensive detailed winnie the pooh rpg that we talked about uh at some point within the last 12 months i think uh maybe possibly but this one is different than that one and uh it it's interesting because it uses cards as the decision mechanic rather than dice and you uh it, and it's got fail forward um uh succeed with uh you know like great success succeed with consequence that kind of stuff and it depends on the face or um suit of the card that you pull and other than that it's you know it's pretty it's pretty standard um in that you know you're you play the characters from 100 acre woods uh, Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you just go off and have adventures. And, uh, it, you know, a full adventure is a self-contained story with a clear beginning and end. You might find yourself on a quest to find a missing balloon, gather honey for Pooh's party, or solve any number of whimsical challenges with the help of an adventure-making table and creating your own adventures. Uh, and each character has their own sort of special little thing. Like, I think Pooh can, like, once once per adventure, you know, he can do a check to see if he can just find honey and that will bring up everybody's spirits and make everybody a lot happier. Uh, but the, uh, author, uh, really like drives home, like, Hey, this is early access. So, uh, it's an active development and going to be taking community feedback into account for all the updates. His name's Ben Gulick. Um, so I would encourage anybody if you have a, you know, a connection to the Hundred Acre Woods stories. If you have kids who you think this might be a really good entry point into tabletop games, um, I think this would be something to check out because the, the the author even suggests like, hey, one of the greatest things you could do uh, is use some of the original Milne books to come up with ideas for your adventures, and they don't have to be, you know, these grand in scope kind of things that only live on your notepad and never get translated into actual gameplay. So you can have some, you can have some fun with it. Keep it simple. I think this is the kind of thing that would be perfect if you had some kids in like maybe the, the five, the five-year-old range, and maybe you've read them some Winnie the Pooh stories or shown them some of the Disney stuff. And uh, it can be a real fun, low stress way to get them involved in tabletop gaming. I love it. I'm about Mm -hmm. it. I am all about things entering the uh, public domain. I feel mm-hmm. like feel like we've got a little too long on things like copyright. Information wants to be free. Freedom. Um, I did a little quick googling mm-hmm. while you were talking about the Hundred Acre Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Mm-hmm. Came out March of this year with a physical okay. release in, I think it was April. Oh, okay. So it is out. It is there. 
it is consumable. So, I, so they're so they're eligible for the Academy Awards next year. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see if they were streaming anywhere yet, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure, but they might be. It has to release in at least one theater in the calendar year to be eligible for uh, an Academy Award. So we'll see if they get a technical Oscar for costuming <laughs> or something like that. I'm 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 an awards heathen because I think I think the Oscars should completely just abandon this uh, hoity-toity uh, conception of themselves and just do genre awards, like what is the best horror film, um, that kind of thing, rather than just like comedy, drama, etc. Yeah. That does not endear me to filmophiles. <laughs> I will say, uh, I think... I think there is something to be said for the bits of a movie that don't really get a lot of forward presentation and appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know, when they do something like costuming or uh, special effects or something like that, I don't know. It lets you highlight movies where they worked really hard on one specific thing, even though they themselves are not now a like blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. All right. Bust my blocks with your with your next pick. I'm going, I'm going to uh, bend the rules slightly, but I think, I think people will be accepting. Uh, this is not an itch game, but it is a single person publishing company called Cavalry Games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about 10 Candles by Stephen Dewey. Okay. Uh, 10 Candles is a, uh, horror game where you light 10 little tea lights around mm-hmm. the table. And then as they go out, uh, your characters do kind of like last moments sort of things. And then as the final ones are going out, uh, your characters are dying. Because by the time all of the candles go out, every character at the table will be dead. That's horrifying. Mm hmm. But it's there's some beauty to when you know that that's the outcome of the game. You mm-hmm. know that no one's getting up from the table like, yeah, I heroically slayed the demons. Uh, I don't know. It lets you relax a little bit in the role. What is like, what's the average play time? It depends on the tea lights you buy. Right. Though you can also blow out tea lights to succeed at things you feel are important to continuing your story. Oh, so you can like hasten death. Uh-huh. Okay. To, to succeed at something. Okay. I like, also, I, I do like that mechanic. Also the rules state that once a candle is snuffed for any reason, it does not get relit. So even if your cat comes along and accidentally puts it out, if your cat comes along and puts one out, or if somebody gets up from the table to get a drink and they turn too fast uh-huh. and puts one out, like it all counts, baby. Get, um, uh, get some tea lights and put those special, like, trick birthday candle <laughs> wicks in them. Oh, uh, man. I would believe that at least one party has pulled that prank on their GM before Mm -hmm. because that's hilarious uh part of part of the beauty of this i think 
you hear like buy 10 tea lights and you're probably like, I don't know, do I need to like, I'm, you make me, you're making me buy candles to play this game. But we're yeah. talking like the cheapest possible tea lights. Like if they only burn for like an hour and a half reliably, that's ideal. Because then you're, you've got the situation. Uh, the last time I played 10 candles, we had four of our candles burn unexpectedly long because we were like, we're not going to snuff them. They're so close to going. And we ended up playing like a three and a half hour oh, game. God. <laughs> Uh, cause we were just like, when are these things going to go They're any minute, any minute, those are going to go like uh-huh. all four of them are going to be like, boop, 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 and be gone. Yeah. I think if you go to like Dollar Tree or something like that, you can get like a bag of them for like a dollar 25 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember I bought some years ago for like hurricane preparedness stuff. It's good to just have a couple mm-hmm. candles around the house. Or if you want to have like a marathon game, get those, um, electric tea can tea candles that are powered by like a watch battery. <laughs> and and just play until they all burn out. <laughs> oh God! I don't know that I can condone that. That sounds dangerous. I'm pretty <laughs> sure those will go for a very long time. I don't know if dangerous is the right word, but just obnoxious is probably good. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some things about marathon game sessions. I watched Mazes and Monsters. I know the <laughs> dangers of TTRPGs. <laughs> you'll lose yourself to the candles exactly you don't do that don't do 10 that. candles that's a far out game <laughs> so there is there's a little bit of uh dice work in the game you can always blow out a candle to guarantee a success on something mm-hmm. um so even if you've rolled and failed and expended all your current resources and failed again you can be like i'm just gonna I'm just going to blow out a candle. I'm going to blow out a candle so we can have this thing. Um, And that's, you know, it's the one tricky thing with 10 candles, I would say, is that it has to be something the whole table is leaning in on. Because mm-hmm. if you've got somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to try and like bend the rules. I'm going to try and min max this horror game. Like it gets weird fast. It's tough to really reason with that inside the structure of the game but if you get the whole table invested then it's some of the best narrative role playing i think i've ever done mm-hmm. i would like to see a mod of this game uh called 16 candles that puts you in a john hughes movie uh-huh. and and you you all you you have to sort of find your true self as a high schooler before all the candles go out (laughs) as you lament that your birthday has been forgotten. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also going to break the rules on my next one. Uh, but there's actually, believe it or not, a news peg to this, uh, because Josh, I just don't know what to do with all my tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Mm. Uh, so I want to talk about the classic boss dragons and scrambled eggs, the Fraser <laughs> RPG, because in less than a month, uh, Fraser Crane will be returning to our television screens on Paramount Plus in the uh, continuation of Fraser, uh, almost 20 years after it went off the air in 2004. But, you know, uh, 
I'm concerned that that's not going to be any good. But then I think about it and I'm like, well, Paramount did make Picard, though. And we were all really nervous that that wasn't going to be any good. Well, the first two seasons were not the best, but the third season of Picard was perhaps the most perfect bit of Star Trek I've ever seen in my entire life. I've I've heard a lot of people be very excited about Picard all yeah. throughout. Um, yeah. Really, so, what this really what this is is this is Paramount's plan to get me to prevent me from canceling my Paramount Plus subscription for an, for another <laughs> couple of months because every. <laughs> It started out when it was just Picard that was that that they were doing. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll sign up for the ten weeks while that's going, and then I'll cancel it. And then um, Discovery, and then or like no, no, Discovery came first, and then Picard came back. But same difference. I signed up while that was the the active season, and then Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and I now they've got it set up in the worst possible way for me because they're doing the smart thing and they're having they have one show and then it moves to the next show right after that's done so it's like this slow drip and i was like okay well the lower deck season four will be over probably in like late october early november and i will um i will just unsubscribe then because with the strike who knows how long it'll be till we get some more star trek because there's been no announcement on star trek legacy yet uh but then then i'd kind of forgotten that fraser was actually coming out this year and then uh, the trailer for it dropped the other day. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to it because I'm a huge Frasier and Cheers fan. Um, but I watched the trailer for it. Seems pretty good. And then it was like, oh, this will be out October 12th. I was like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Rat bastards. Yeah. So it'll overlap with like a week or two of Lower Decks, I think. And then I'm stuck for another eight weeks <laughs> watching watching Frasier once a week. But anyway... So would you say okay. that when it comes to Paramount Plus, that just when you think you're out, they keep pulling you back in? I don't think Godfather is a Paramount film. No, I don't think so either. But yeah, you know. uh, but uh, Boss Dragons and Scrambled Egg, it's 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 an older code, but it checks out, sir. It was uh, <laughs> it was created by Mike Rosenthal in like 2017, 2018. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just up, up and out for free for whoever wants to grab it. If you search, if you Google boss dragons and scrambled eggs, it will take you to the Google drive that, uh, Mike Rosenthal put all the stuff in and he's expanded it over the years. Um, so it's like a five or six year old game now at this point. So there's like three adventures for it. Um, a night at the theater, life and death of the party and where everybody knows your name. Um, there are character sheets for it. Um, there's Frazier, his class is radio psychologist, skills. Uh, it's set up very much like a D&D style stat block. Um, Frazier time once per episode. He can slip into a warm bath for the entire, for the entire encounter and restore to full health. His inventory is an umbrella, uh, eight feet of rope. Uh, I'm listing, lower the target's next roll. And force them to target Fraser next turn. Um, <laughs> Niles, clinical psychologist, Martin, retired cop, uh, Daphne, physical therapist slash psychic, Roz, radio producer, uh, Lilith, Fraser's ex-wife by the wonderful BB New Earth. Um, he added uh, Bulldog, uh, Briscoe in a, uh, an expansion that he did like a year later. And then, uh, Sam Malone. Uh, from Cheers was introduced as a character for the um, for the Everybody Knows Your Name episode three that came out in 2021. And I think it's, uh, you know, like 
I'm, I've got it up on the screen if you're watching on video, but it's a, a map of uh, like a map of cheers for the adventure. And I I think it's interesting how um, in the uh, description for it, it's like based on the TV show Cheers, the prequel to Frasier, <laughs> which is not true, but it 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 creates a much more of a sense of primacy around Frasier rather than Cheers. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. That's Cheers. fair. Because Frasier obviously is a sequel to Cheers, and Cheers is not a prequel to Frasier, because that's not how that works. Right. And I also think most people consider Frasier a spin-off, not yeah. a sequel. And it's a sequel for the character. Right. Yeah. But that's that's how spin-offs work. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's got like a Spotify playlist listed listed for certain things. Uh but it's I unabashedly love Frasier and I'm very excited to like there are parts of Frasier that haven't aged well and I think you're going to find that with a lot of sitcoms from the 90s um, like bizarrely I think Cheers has aged better than Frasier did uh, but I'm very excited to see what happens when it comes back because um, Kelsey Grammer is a fantastic actor and he over you know since the 80s he has been able to just inhabit the character of Frasier uh, but this game is a blast, especially if you are a fan of like 90s NBC television. Like they've even got like players choose their own religion at the start of the game. In the spirit of the show's love of psychology, characters can be Freudians, Jungians, or behaviorists. And <laughs> religion plays a role in the character's death. But this information is reserved only for the showrunner and found at the end of this guide. And so like Freudians worship Freud, a cigar chomping serpent cradled in the godmother's womb. They believe we are controlled by forbidden desires and Jungians worship <laughs> Jung, an ancient owl with 10,000 heads and no shadow. They believe our minds are all connected by a collective unconsciousness shared with the past. Uh, so obviously it's not serious at all, but it is the result of serious work that somebody did. Uh, Mike Rosenthal put a lot of effort into this. And I think it's funny too, how you can clearly see that this was typed in like word or a Google doc with like the two column thing set up, which is the way we've done <laughs> most, of, uh -huh. most of our adventures uh -huh. over the years. And uh, he did the art for it too, I believe, uh, which is these just interesting little stylized characters that, if you know what they're supposed to be, then you know what they're supposed to be. But it's very it would be very difficult to decode them without any kind of labeling or anything like that. But anyway, this turned to, turned into me talking about my love of uh, Frasier, the television show, a little, a little too much. <laughs> uh, and the, I think Frasier is one of the greatest television characters of all time. I'm a huge fan. But uh, Boss Dragons and Scrambled Eggs, it's free. Uh, if you've never heard of it before like what have you been doing because like this has been around for a while and a lot of people have talked about this i just thought it was timely as we are getting ready to welcome an aged fraser crane back to our televisions slash digital viewing devices um in in defense of you bringing up something from like 2017 2016 i think that's about how old 10 candles is as well okay so uh i'm i'm on the same i'm on the same train baby fantastic Fantastic. <laughs> and, and Mike Rosenthal has a, um, uh, buy me a coffee page. So, um, I'll throw a link to that in there as well. Cause even though this is free, like it'd be real swell if he could, you know, continue to make a couple bucks off this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So amazing. I love when somebody is just so enthusiastic about something that they put that level of work into it to create something like a TTRPG for free 
for free. It's yeah. crazy talk. <laughs> well, and you got to think Mike Rosenthal is probably looking at that like, well, here's a zany idea that I have that'll be fun for me to work on. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this because I think it's going to make money. I'm doing it because it's something fun that I want to do. Yeah, I'll tell you about a stupid idea that I had that I have never executed and will probably never make the time to execute it. Um, one of my favorite television shows of all time is Late Night with Conan O'Brien, specifically uh, the the from like when it started in 93, when it was really bad, uh, uh, up through probably 2002, like because Andy Richter left in 2000 and Conan really got to sort of find himself as a solo host. But like that, that initial period there was when a lot of like the ridiculous characters for the show were developed. And there's a couple of guys who were real standouts. There was Brian McCann and Brian Stack. You probably know Brian Stack as the interrupter, uh, Hannigan, the traveling salesman. Um, he's, he's got several others. And then there's Brian McCann, who was the, the man with bulletproof legs. He was the FedEx Pope. Um, he was also the suit actor for Robot on the Toilet and Pimp Bot. But anyway, uh, McCann had all kinds of like just really bizarre characters, even from the standards of Con- Late Night with Conan O'Brien in the 90s. And I always thought it would be fun to do one of those one or two page RPGs where you just have to play as different Brian McCann characters. And the <laughs> whole purpose of the game is to get your character's sketch onto the show that night. <laughs> Oh, he's also the the kayak guy, the the guy who gets mad over, gets upset over something very simple, and then runs to the top of the theater screaming, "Where's my kayak?" and then bounds the kayak off of a cliff, only to uh, appear moments later saying, "I'm okay, I'm okay," and then it just goes <laughs> in a loop like that, even increasingly increasingly stupider. But oh my God, yeah, that, so like I understand where Mike Rosenthal is coming from in with the Fraser RPG. He he was just able to translate the desire into action in a way I have not. Oh my God. It's so good. I love that so much. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's five games for folks to check out. Like if that, if that doesn't keep y'all busy for a little bit, uh-huh. I don't know what to tell you. Cause there's good stuff in there. There's real good stuff in there. All right. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, if y'all have any really good suggestions uh, for some indie games, be they, you know, weird off the wall ones like the Fraser game or something a bit more conceptual like 10 candles or something like that. Um, be sure to throw them at us uh, either uh, in the discord or via social media. I think they're still called tweets, even though it's on X. Um, I have not heard anybody say I'm going to, I saw this X the other day, so I'm still going to call yeah. them tweets. I also, I, Unless you're going to call them like zeets or something like what, 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 what are X messages? And let's talk about, let's talk about what, how stupid of a branding decision changing the name of Twitter was you, how many companies would kill to have something like tweet enter the vocabulary? Like it is, it is part of the zeitgeist. And then you're like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. That's just, Uh that's just mind bogglingly stupid. Like, there's no way around that. Somebody theorized that the reason Elon Musk is burning Twitter to the ground is that he can propose that his purchase price and then the subsequent value of Twitter was a loss. Uh huh. And I'm like, that 
suggests that he is a highly intelligent person, and I'm not sure that that evidence follows. It's the perfect plan if nobody realizes (laughs) that I'm the one responsible for all those decisions that did that. But anyway, anyway, you can use... (laughs) Uh, a, a great number of methods to reach us and tell us uh, some of your favorite indie games uh, that we should take a look at. Um, also go to the link tree. There's a lot of stuff on there. I'm very much planning on setting up a, an end of summer sale on uh, goblinsandgrowlers.bigcartel.com uh, before the end of September. Um, as I mentioned in the newsletter, which you should subscribe to, it's a monthly newsletter that has TTRPG news, keeps you updated on our podcasts, uh, tells you where we're going to be, um, and it highlights indie game, like one indie game, uh, every month. The most recent one that we did was Shame Wizards, which I did not talk about on here because it's in the newsletter and it's very interesting. And I'd like to, I'd like to do a Twitch stream play of it sometime. It's even, even though it's that de- somebody's definitely going to be, I think I may even, may have even said this at some point, but it's, it's definitely like cards against humanity, but with TTRPG stuff. Huh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I could be on board. Yeah. Just, uh, check it out. Uh, check it out. Um, just call up the, the link on the newsletter and then you let me know if it's something that we should try and arrange to get some people together for. But hell yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and then how would a ghost rider centaur work? Uh, you know, be sure to let us know about that. I don't think we have any, yeah, we don't have any conventions scheduled for the rest of the year, but for those of you in Richmond, uh, we will be having a special event in November, um, and there'll be some more details to come from that, but it'll be a fundraiser for a good cause. And Josh, what else did, do you have anything else? Uh, I think the thing that you haven't mentioned yet is that folks should telephone, telegraph, tell a friend about the Goblins and Growlers podcast yeah. because word of mouth is the best way to spread the news about our podcast and our show and all the things we do. Um, and I will say, I was talking about five games. If you've signed up for the newsletter, that's six games. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff that you could be playing right now. Uh, and I think the total cost for all of it is probably under $30. Good, good job, Josh. Actively and excitedly pushing the newsletter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's some good marketing. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, if you are interested... Uh, in the sales that Brandon was talking about, then you should be paying attention to not just the newsletter, but also our big cartel store, goblinsandgrowlers.bigcartel.com. Yeah, and I won't lie. Uh, sometimes I get a little behind in updating that because we don't do this full time. But uh, I, we, yeah, we, we, oh, go ahead, Josh. We we both have very busy day jobs. Yeah, and lives outside of both goblins and growlers and our day jobs. Yeah, but we have um, updated and republished volume one of uh, our one page dungeon collection. Volume two coming. Volume two reissue coming soon, and those will be up on the store. Uh, Liz's beautiful character sheets, they're up on the store. Um, a lot of the Cesar games that we've got up on the store. Stuff will be, um, stuff will be trickling out on the, on the store, um, as we get a little deeper into fall. Um, cause now that we're out of our convention season and I've had a chance to breathe since coming back from Queen City, I'll be able to start directing a little bit more, uh, attention and activity to operating that since I 
don't have to be like, well, I got to plan this trip to Charlotte or I got to plan this trip to Philadelphia or something like that. Yep. 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 But uh, anyway, if anybody has any suggestions, questions, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us at any of the methods that are available because we're not hard to find. God love us. Um, and <laughs> other than that, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks when we may actually belatedly get around to reviewing uh, Big B's uh, Guided Giants. Oh, yeah, we can we can bring in some of our lukewarm takes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Some of our <laughs> some of our room temperature takes. <laughs> <laughs> but of course by then by then i think fandover might be out we'll have to check our i'll have to check our calendar so we'll see maybe what we'll do is a twofer we'll see yeah exactly no promises anybody that's what that's the no promises. that's the quality you get from us at the goblins <laughs> but i'll talk to everybody in two weeks bye y'all you like what you hear consider subscribing and giving us a review over on apple podcasts especially early in the feed subscriptions and reviews are super helpful for bringing new listeners our way thank you